0: Hello, everybody. I'm Cathy Yang. This is the podcast edition of Business Nightly. cooperation and development downgrades its 2020 global economic growth forecast due to the novel coronavirus outbreak. It sees global economy growing only 2.4 percent this year, down from its initial forecast of 2.9 percent. The organization says the outbreak is plunging the world economy into its worst downturn since the global financial crisis. The OECD is now urging governments and central banks to fight back to avoid an even steeper slump, a call now being considered by monetary policymakers. Ron Cruz tells us more.
1: As economies start to feel the pinch of the COVID-19 crisis, central banks around the world now feeling the urgency to take action, aimed at cushioning economic blows from the outbreak. The Bank of Japan says it will take necessary steps to stabilize markets jolted by the coronavirus scare the Bank of England also following suit. It says it's now working with Britain's finance ministry and international partners in an effort to protect its banking system and the broader economy from the impact of the coronavirus. The latest developments follow a similar statement of U.S. Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell, who said the Fed would act as appropriate to support the economy. But for the European Central Bank, while it said it is prepared to support the economy, more action is not yet needed. There's no assurance as well from the Philippine Central Bank, saying it has not yet decided on any monetary policy action.
2: We're going to do everything to uh, avoid a significant slowdown, meaning less than six. And to me, I think at this time, uh, maybe the fiscal stimulus is much more effective than monetary stimulus.
1: Still, market strategist Stephen Ines is confident central banks will fire the necessary arsenal to keep the markets in check.
2: What I think is going to happen, central banks are going to come and lay down uh, mother of all stimulus packages. So will the G10 governments. We're already seeing that throughout Asia right now where they're enacting fiscal policies.
1: Ines adding additional fiscal policy is also needed to ensure the global economy is kept afloat. The finance minister of France has confirmed G7 major economies will take concerted action to limit damage from the epidemic. The group's finance ministers are set to discuss the best approach by phone this week. The disease has infected more than 86,000 and killed nearly 3,000 across the world. More countries and states announce their first cases of the new coronavirus Monday. They include New Zealand, the Dominican Republic, the Czech Republic, Indonesia, and the Australian island state of Tasmania. Meanwhile, China, where the outbreak emerged late last year, reported 202 new cases on Monday, a sharp drop from the previous day's 573. In Washington, U.S. President Trump praised China for its progress in fighting the epidemic.
2: We've been in very close contact with China, including myself with President Xi. He's been working very, very hard, I can tell you that, and... Uh, they're making a lot of
1: progress in China. Ron Cruz, ABS-CBN News.
0: Philippine shares have staged a last-minute drop even as the rest of Asia started to recover from last week's heavy losses. Details Sir Michelle A. Ah.
3: Philippine shares tried but failed to join the regional attempt to recover from last week's sharp losses amid the COVID-19. The index saw a last-minute U-turn to the downside.
4: Valuations of stocks are really cheap. Um, in terms of PE, we're at 13.3 times. Um, and then, of course, something more technical that we talk about is the standard deviations. It just means that during the past five years, if we were to follow how markets moved, um, you have almost a 100% probability of making money over the long term.
3: For the day, the PSE index closed down half a percent to 67.49. I think. Uh,
4: Monetary policy for one will have to be very accommodative and given Governor Jokto's stance already I think we can expect the BSP to really uh, be behind a supportive move here. Um, so far we've been looking at PMIs locally and they've held up quite well so the, the signs of the end aren't quite here yet in terms of how poorly our stock market will be doing in the future.
3: In corporate stories, Robinson's Land posts single-digit growth in top and bottom line, helping boy earnings its booming rental business. Although it says revenue would have been higher if only its Chengdu Panpianjie project, worth around 8.8 billion pesos, was already incorporated. It was supposed to be included in the third quarter of 2019, but was deferred to adopt accounting practices in China. Meanwhile, mall revenues also went up 11% in 2019, with RLC ending the year with 52 malls, while the residential division saw a 5% increase in revenue. And Semirata Mining and Power failed to keep its momentum of growth, with fourth-quarter weakness due to lower domestic sales dragging full-year bottom line. For its coal business, the negative impact of the decline in coal prices was offset by the record-high coal shipment performance for the said period. While on the power side, Semkalaka power sales volume went down by 45 percent. This plus an 8 percent slump in the average price of energy sold depressed earnings. In other news, more turbulence for the airline industry. PAL Holdings, which is behind Philippine Airlines, confirms it's posted its biggest loss in corporate history in 2019 with a 10.6 billion peso loss. This is due to what it calls unsustainable long-term debt and lease obligations in dollars, made worse by the negative impact of the Ta'al eruption and the COVID-19 which forced flight cancellations. 2019 was the company's third consecutive year of losses. Michelle Long, ABS-CBN News.
0: Before more business news, the hostage crisis at a popular shopping center in San Juan is still ongoing. Negotiations with the suspect have been going on all afternoon after around 30 people were held captive. DZMM correspondent Azander kayab now joins us on the line for the latest. So what more can you tell, Alexander?
2: Kathy, it has been 10 hours since the hostage-taking crisis here in Bimal in San Juan City, which uh, uh, started earlier at around 10 this morning. But San Juan Mayor Francis Zamora said that the suspect has agreed to surrender as soon as his safety is assured. However, he demanded that his former uh, co-workers line up, uh, co-workers in the security agency, line up just at the uh, entrance of the mall. Two hostages successfully came out uh, of the mall. One female hostage came out from the B-Mall main door, while another female victim came out at the Connecticut exit. Kathy, it is not yet clear, uh, though, if they were freed by the suspect or if uh, they were able to escape. We are still waiting for positive developments in this uh, ongoing situation, Kathy.
0: Indeed, and the situation remains tense. Take care. Thank you so much for that update. Xander Kaya yab on the line. Now, the Philippine economic Planning Secretary sees the country's economic growth slowing this year due to COVID-19. This has supply chain problems triggered by the outbreak continue to hound various industries. Juan de Guzman reports.
4: Social Economic Planning Secretary Ernesto Pernia says COVID-19 could slow Philippine economic growth by as much as one percentage point this year if the outbreak lasts for the whole of 2020.
2: It's a 0.3 to 1 percentage point if it lasts till the end of the year. That already includes the impact of trade in terms of imports and exports from China. Because we import a lot of raw materials and intermediate products.
4: Efforts to contain COVID-19, including travel bans, have created logistics and supply chain problems, slowing spending of both consumers and manufacturers. China's Purchasing Managers Index, or PMI, fell to a record low of 35.7 last month, down from 50 in January. A reading above the 50-point level indicates growth, while anything lower shows a contraction. The virus has also wreaked havoc on travel, tourism, hospitality, and even entertainment. Philippine Airlines earlier announced the firing of 300 employees due to revenue losses brought about by flight suspensions and other travel restrictions. The Trade Union Congress of the Philippines says at least 7,000 workers, mostly from the hospitality industry, could be laid off due to the health crisis, and government should find the cash to to help support affected workers.
1: I-propose namin na magkaroon ng subsidies at tigit sa lahat, magkaroon din dapat ng goblirno ng mga unemployment insurance schemes. Dapat meron two thousand pesos minimum subsidies sa mga workers na matatamaan. Per okay, day per month. O tinatawag nating uh, pinapatupad ng SSS ngayon na uh, dalawang buwan na equivalent na sahot.
4: Secretary Pernia says economic managers have yet to discuss possible aid, but he says COVID-19's impact on trade will also adversely affect government assistance.
2: Our revenue from customs uh, from will also go down because of the reduction in trade. So we will have less uh, fiscal space
4: to help. Pernia, however, stressed he is only offering his own preliminary assessment of the situation, as economic managers have yet to meet and discuss its effects on 2020 goals, including the official GDP growth target of 6.5 to 7.5 percent. Warren de Guzman, ABS-CBN News.
0: The total number of overseas Filipino workers infected with COVID-19 rises to 86. But Philippine officials say there have been no reported job losses of OFWs despite the outbreak. More from Dino Ponte-Oring.
2: 14 Filipinos repatriated from the virus-hit cruise ship in Japan show flu-like symptoms. But 10 have already tested negative for COVID-19, while 4 are still awaiting test results. They are among the Filipinos quarantined in New Clark City in Tarlac, after returning home from Japan last week. But the health department says the number of patients considered to be under investigation here in the Philippines is down to 43. Nearly 600 suspected cases have also been cleared. We are more than ready to cater to the needs of our kababayan should they test positive for COVID-19. We are also geared up for the possibility of local transmission. The welfare and safety of our health workers are our topmost priority. And as such, we have adequately trained and equipped them to carefully handle positive cases once they arise. Meanwhile, the first of two Filipinos who tested positive for COVID-19 in Singapore has fully recovered. Philippine officials say the patient, a permanent resident of Singapore, was discharged from hospital last Friday. Another Filipino infected with COVID-19 remains in isolation. The city-state hosts about 200,000 Filipinos, according to the Philippine embassy there. Despite the rising cases of infections among overseas Filipino workers, Philippine officials say there have been no reported job losses of OFWs. The Overseas Workers' Welfare Administration, or OWAS, says at this stage, the health crisis has no significant impact yet on Filipinos abroad. It adds they are coordinating with government agencies in COVID-19-hit countries to assist Filipinos who want to be repatriated. The one thing that I can share right now is we're monitoring the situation of workers in Macau. Uh, Some of them have been placed on forced leave. But the Consulate General's Office and the POLO, our Welfare Officer there, are in close touch with the Macau Ministry of Labor. And the Macau Ministry of Labor is fully aware of the situation. So far, 86 Filipinos abroad have tested positive for COVID-19. Of the 80 cases in Japan, 48 remain admitted. 32 have been discharged. The other cases were reported in the UAE, Hong Kong, and Singapore. Dino Rig, ABS-CBN News.
0: And that's it for today. This is the podcast edition of Business Nightly. You can watch highlights, recaps, and exclusive content of our shows online. Subscribe to the ANC YouTube channel, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. Thank you for joining us.